May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Advent is an invitation to correct our eyesight and adjust our clocks. To correct our eyesight and to adjust our clocks. We are very used to living in a linear timeline, a view of time which is a straight line, and it is one event happening after another. The church uh, changes that, and the church, we live in a cyclical way, the church calendar. It's always interesting uh, when we do confirmation classes, we talk, we talk to people about the, the, the church's calendar, and we've got a very helpful uh, gadget with a little arrow which uh, uh, runs around the, the timeline as we move from Advent round around the church year, etc., etc. And for nigh on 2,000 years, we've gone through the cyclical timeline round and round through the seasons of the year. And in Advent, it is the beginning of the church's year. Interesting then, the beginning of the church's year, we are asked to think about things at the end of time, a beginning and an end. The church puts before us in Advent these passages about the end of history, before we move on nearer Christmas to talk about the preparation of the coming of Christ as a child and that dawn of a new age as, as a Christ child comes to us. However, in Advent, it is simply much easier to immerse ourselves and wrap ourselves in the preparations for the Nativity, to build up our sense of expectation by each day opening our Advent calendar window to see an angel or a shepherd or a wise man, the ox and the ass, or a Christmas wreath, or a Christmas tree, or a snow scene. A straw-filled manger is sometimes easier to look into than thinking about the end of time. Sometimes our Advent calendars uh, give us a sweeter experience because these things are portrayed in the confectioner's art and our anticipation and our patience is rewarded each day by the promise of a chocolate treat. Anything to stop us thinking about the end times. Now, before you start baying for me and accusing me of being renounced as a latter-day Scrooge, a spoilsport, or even worse, a lit liturgical martinet who won't allow the tree or a Christmas carol to be sung, a Christmas tree to be put up, or a Christmas carol to be sung before the stroke of midnight on the 24th of December. Uh, just, by the way, a short commercial break. You can get your Christmas cards and gifts from the cathedral gift shop. All money goes to support the ministry of the cathedral. So do remember, there's one way out of the cathedral this morning, and it's through the gift shop, just to counterbalance that. The themes of Advent are death, judgment, heaven, and hell. It's being so cheerful that keeps the church going. We read in uh, Luke's Gospel these very strong, I suppose, what could be described as apocalyptical texts. 
and it comes to us as 2,000 years later as something perhaps alien, something which is off-putting. Uh, and to be fair, I suppose whatever view we have of the world and whatever times we occasionally think about perhaps uh, nuclear destruction or an environmental holocaust or perhaps it may all come to an end or there may be a, 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 a meteor out there which will hit the earth and uh, like the dinosaurs that will be the end of us we tend not to live our daily life thinking generally about such things we think about the end of the world less and less, rightly so. We cannot live in that sort of attitude constantly. We would be paralyzed by fear. We may at times feel that we are so very far distant from those who first heard Luke's gospel. And, and Luke's gospel, chapter 21, we are halfway through a very long discourse of Jesus about the end times. And it's quite sobering to read it. But it strikes me that it makes complete sense. Because we live in those times. We only need to look at what's happening in the world and we can see, yes, Jesus, you are absolutely right. These things do happen, are happening, and will happen in the future. We have the great fortune, unlike those early uh, hearers of Luke's gospel, we live in between those two amazing events. The incarnation, God breaking into human history with his son and the second coming of Christ. We live in that amazing time when we are able to celebrate God being made man and understanding what that fully means for the church and for the world. Charles Wesley wrote a hymn and the verse says, let earth and heaven combine, angels and men agree, to praise in songs divine the incarnate deity. Our God, contracted to a span, incomprehensibly made man. He laid his glory by, he wrapped him in our clay, unmarked by human eye the latent Godhead lay. Infant of days he here became and bore the mild Emmanuel's name. We cannot wait for that moment of the 24th of December, the 25th of December, to open that last window of the Advent calendar. Reading the Gospel, we can feel very far away from that, those first words of Jesus. We've been helpfully described by some commentators as being in the in-between time between those two amazing interventions into the world, Christ coming his first time and Christ's advent the second time as Lord and King at the end of time. Advent calls us to wait for his appearing, but not at one of two extremes. We mustn't build ourselves up into apocalyptic frenzy, or we must beware not to be in some sort of impatient apathy, which is probably what most of our nearer, an impatient apathy, thinking, well, it's not happened for 2,000 years. It's probably quite unlikely to happen. We live in between that. 
The early Christians, it strikes me, had a very strong sense of the imminent return of Jesus Christ. They could certainly connect with the words of Christ about the signs of the times, with what was happening in the world at that time. We too are called to watch and wait in a certain way. Verse 34 said, Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that the day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. This speaks to me of our so easy ability to make ourselves the center of our world. It's a strong word, dissipation. It gives the impression of somebody in a state of drunkenness, but it talks about just using our energies for that which is of of no good to us, which is, which is a waste. We talk about the dissipation of energy, the dissipation of resources. And we can spend our lives concentrating on those things that actually do not matter. We take our eye off the ball. We fall into that impatient apathy. It is such an easy thing to do, to move into dissipation to waste the resource that God has given us as the church of Jesus Christ, to be weighed down by the worries of this life, to take our eyes off the promise that Jesus Christ will come back again and for us to work and to witness, to minister and to worship with that prayer on our lips at Advent, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Jesus said to his hearers, stand up and raise your heads for us to pay attention to what is happening around us. I believe Advent calls us to be more attuned to what is happening in the world. Not to look beyond it, not to look and think, well, one day I'm going to be taken away from all this, but look around us, be attuned to what is happening in the world. Jesus said, watch for the signs, the signs of the fig tree sprouting, the sign of summer coming, Look carefully. Focus your eyesight on these things. God is not slow or inactive. God is working his purpose out. We have a hope in a God who is Lord of time and eternity. Jesus said, heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will not pass away. Christ's words will stand the test of time. And Christ's words will stand the time of test. This in-between time is fraught with tensions. The, the now, but not yet. But it is characterized by hope, as we can see the beginning and the end of the story. The beginning and the end that the story that the church has been telling the world and should tell the world. This is our story. It has been secured by Christ's promise, his word which will never change. We are therefore free to struggle, to wait, to work, to witness, to indeed live and die with hope because we know the end of the story. Christ, the Alpha and Omega, holds our times in his hands. We too 
in the midst of real setbacks, disappointments, worries, can stand up, raise our heads, because we have heard Christ's promise that our redemption draws near. This gives the church confidence, not arrogance, but confidence to minister to a world in pain. This is our space for the life of the church to worship in, to minister in, to be salt and light. This is where our mission is. The budding fig tree, the harvest which is white and ready to be harvested, to use Christ's agricultural term as well as Christ's horticultural indicator of the fig tree. We are to be aware of what is going on in the world, to work for justice, to work for freedom. We are called to be holy and to be alert, ready for the coming of the end. Advent is an invitation to correct our eyesight, to look up and refocus, focus on Christ's words, Christ's calling to his mission, his mission in this world, to also to adjust our clocks, to realize we are in this moment of history. We are in the in-between time that fills us with hope and joy as we move forward. And may our prayer as the Church of Christ be through the ages, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Let us as a church rise to our calling with our worship, our ministry and our work to draw many more into that prayer to look up for our redemption draws nigh. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.